Hey, hello, everybody. This is Jeff Rambold. It is, as we always make it, a football Monday, the day after a big Sunday. And Michael, a day after a big trip to Prague for you. Are you feeling okay, my man? Um, yeah, I've been, I've been saving this voice for the day. And for anyone that listened to Pro Football Ireland's Monday Morning Football podcast, oof, yeah, that, that wasn't good. <laughs> but no, I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling fresh. Um, as of tonight, I would have watched every primetime game, every minute, every play. I'm, the under parts of my eyes are starting to freak out. But uh, I'm feeling good, apart from the whole football sense of it. Ireland's on the verge of complete Armageddon. Uh, but bar that, we're, we're good. You know, it's, it's, it's fantastic. Jeff, I have just got one question for you before we start off. Obviously, people watching live, get your comments in. If you're listening to the podcast, massive welcome. Are you ready for tonight, Jeff? I am. But before we talk about results, and don't even look for look look ahead to next week. We got to get a plug in here for eight 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 Sport, which is our sponsor, and they are the official NFL betting partner uh, in both Ireland and the UK. And it's good that we have a betting partner because. Michael, I am killing it in my selections. Oh, so yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just throwing this out there. Like the Cowboys got me. That was one that I didn't see coming. But other than that, I think I picked them all. I even picked against my Raiders and got a got a win. Got a win. And you just didn't have any faith in the Chargers. And they went up into Minnesota and took care of business. It wasn't pretty, but hey. They don't ask yet how they just ask how many. So, I, 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 I'm on. I'm on a two week roll, Mike. Jeff Reinbold tour Ireland Glasgow Manchester L I N K T R dot E E slash Reinbold top of the screen or in the chat for the podcasters. Get your comments and tell us where you're from. Or else Jeff will kill me. Jeff, are you ready for this tonight? I'm ready any night, every night, and all night for football. I don't care, man. It's all good with me. But again, we had some amazing games. Do you want to go? Do you want to look back or do you want to look forward? How do you want to do it? Well, the, the the title of the YouTube video for people clicking on the YouTube video for the first time, "Hello, how's it going?" is, um, "Are the Miami Dolphins now the front runners to win the Super Bowl?" They're so good. Would Did you, you know EPA per play like yesterday? Would, would would you slow down a bit, man? Like you were, you were, like you gotta slow down. It's a long season, and I mean it's a long season. Now, what I think we do know, however, is that if Miami is healthy, they are really, really scary on offense. Because you know, if you think about this, Mike, I don't know. There's been thousands of NFL games played. League went into existence, and only four times in the history of National Football League has anybody scored 70 points in a game. And it hasn't been since 1966 was the last one. But, Mike, 70 points against your Broncos. And our guest, our friend of this show, middle linebacker Alex Singleton, he's just got to be shaking it. I mean, they look awful on defense. Well, I mean, you mentioned Alex Singleton. I'll go back even more. Nick Ferguson's a great friend of yours. Um, 
I don't want to bore people, but I'll, I'll say this. When you've got DJ Jones, when you've got Randy Gregory, Alex Singleton, Josie Jill, Pat Sertain, Justin Simmons, Kareem Jackson, they forget not just about yesterday, but the first three games of the season. That's inexcusable to give up 70 points, and that stems to the DC fans. Joseph has to go. And that's all I have to say about it, because well, I, I'm at the point now where, Jeff, I'm like, I'm pulling whatever hair follicles I have left in my head out, man. It's gone. It's just like, what the hell was that yesterday? What was that yesterday? Well, was 70 bad. points and 16 or odd points was with the backups. Like this, like Mike White had a day at one point yesterday. This is a disgrace. And how Sean Payton could stand in that press conference after that game and be rude to media in his position, catch a grip. But Vance Joseph, how we're sitting at 2 p.m. Mountain on a Monday and Vance Joseph still in the job is genuinely beyond me. But then I realized well, it's, a, it's well, a damn the Broncos. Hey, first of all, right, you know, Peyton, obviously, and I'm not making excuses for the guy at all, but they were humiliated on, on TV. I mean, humiliated internationally, right? He's got more pride than that. He's more competitive than that. Now, you talk about Vance Joseph. Vance Joseph played for me once upon a time. He was one of my, he was a corner for me in NFL Europe. And Vance is a smart guy. He's a good football coach. This is now the second time he's run into trouble in Denver, you know, in terms of what he's been able to put on product he's been able to put on the field, both as a head coach and now as a coordinator. Obviously, this does not bode well for his future, but I think for them to pull a plug on a coordinator – after three weeks in the season, I think Peyton will take more charge of it, but he's an offensive guy and he doesn't want to be bothered with the defense. He wants the defense to play well enough that they can win, but he wants to win on offense. He, here's the thing, Mike, you know, there's got to be something there because you mentioned all of the players that they have, and they do have a ton of good defensive players, at least on paper, but those players right now aren't playing well on the field and the game's played on grass and, and AstroTurf, it's not played on paper. And so the Broncos have got to get that thing straightened out because it is bad. It was it was awful last year, and I don't see much improvement in it this year. I don't think, like, I, I think we should spend time tonight to talk about the Dolphins and different games. So I, I'll just say this for my last piece in the Broncos. Um, I, I, I think, first off, Russell Wilson should be scoring more than 20 points. I think the Dolphins were superb. Maybe we'll go into the Dolphins next year, Jeff. But for me, based upon this team and what fans have been through in the last seven years, I I, I think there needs to be an action as as big as letting Vance Joseph go. I, I think fans have had enough. I've had enough. I don't care who we play next week. I could care less. And when you get to that point, that's sad. And that shouldn't be happening. Alex is a great guy. I say he's hurting big time today. I feel for him. Well, you know? everybody's hurting in that building right now. Players are hurting. You can't imagine how embarrassing that is and how everybody that you know is going to hit you with a text and what's going on and what's wrong and all this. And, you know, Keith Kelleher just sent, sent a message that, uh, and, and he makes a great point. Remember, Waddle didn't even play in the game, right? But this is just an indication when you look at it the other way of just how potent it is the Dolphins can be, right? Jeff, in your time in the league, I don't mean to cut him, but in your time in this sport, have you seen an offense 
Like, granted, it's it's a long season, but what they done yesterday? Have you seen an offense as good as that in terms well, of what they did? No, again, they scored seventy points, right? And again, that's a incredible accomplishment in the National Football League. But the quarterback was you saw all the good out of Tua in the first half, right? I mean, he was unconscious in the first half. I, he was having one of those games that if he threw it around behind his back or over his shoulder, it would have been a completion. Uh, and then they're a track team, Mike. We've known that all along. And the Ashane kid that they drafted out of Texas A&M has just added more speed to it. Waddle's not even playing right now. They're better up front. This is a great football team. Mike, Mc, you know, Mike McDaniel's a great football coach. And he did a great job of scheming. And the Broncos didn't have any answers. And then they got their spirit broken. And they flat, you know, like I said, they just put their sword down and, and uh, you can't, you can't, you can't have that. And certainly that's something they've got to get fixed. But for the dolphins, you know, it's, it's on to Buffalo. Let's go because you're going to go up now and you're going to ready to make that game meant two points on the stat sheet, right? In the, in the standings, what they got to do now, if you're the dolphins, now is the time to get a statement win against yep. them. Because the Bills right now, with what's happened with the Jets, they've imploded. We see that the Patriots can't score on offense. So it's going to be, right now, a two-horse race between the Bills and the Dolphins in that division. And the Dolphins will be, excuse me, the Bills will be much better coached on defense. They're much better talent on defense. And I think that this will be a real test for both teams. Let's come back and talk about the Jets in a few minutes because Robert Sala has said something in the last few minutes. People watching live will get comments in in the second part of this episode. Thank you very much for doing so. Let us know where you're from as well. YouTube comments, Pro Football Ireland, or type in Jeff Reinbold Show. We can put them on the screen or hit us up on Twitter or X, as Elon calls it now. Um, yeah. Cowboys, Jeff, we got we got to talk some Cowboys losing yeah. to the Cardinals. Um, you know, you, you mentioned it at the start, surprise, surprising manner in which they lost. But then to see the Cardinals really gather around after the game and come together as a team when they were being so brought down by the media makes you feel like well if James Conner can have a day against Dallas 100 yards in the day a touchdown and Marquise Brown had a great day Michael Wilson had a great day Joshua Dobbs had a serviceable day but the Cowboys when push came to show on Sunday couldn't get it done is this the Cowboys team that we're going to see in three months time when it actually matters but I, you know again this is the this has been the Cowboys history, they come out and you, every, just when you, just when you think that they're over the hump, just when you think that they're going to be a complete football team, just when you think, you know, that they'll take care of business, they'll go into, you know, on the road against a uh, second level opponent and do what coach Vermeil used to always tell us to do, which was keep losing teams losing. And then they go in there and they stub their toe. And, you know, it's the way they lost Mike to me because, you know, the Cardinals, just beat them on a line of scrimmage. They ran right at Micah Parsons. They didn't let him destroy the game. They threw the ball, got it out of Dobbs' hands fast. They played from ahead. And when the Cowboys were able to get into the red zone, because they moved the ball between the 20s, but when they got into the red zone, I thought they did a great job of scheming the Cowboys because the Cowboys wanted to throw it when they got in there to get their touchdowns. And they just said, uh-uh, we're going to rush forward. We're going to play saturation coverage. You know, when you get down in the red zone, the field is so small 
that it's really, the windows are really, really tight. And they frustrated Dak. And then at the end, when he needed to make a play, he, he made a horrendous read in the red zone and threw it right to, you know, right to Arizona Cardinal linebacker. And that was the game. And, and, uh, but you got, you know, don't, this is pro football. They're all good, right? They're all good. Now the Cardinals aren't near as good as the Cowboys personnel wise, but Cowboys had two starters out on the offensive line that hurt them. And I thought Arizona came to play. They were physical and, you know, Jonathan Gannon, I don't know Jonathan Gannon. I've seen some of his, his stuff on, you know, interviews and those kinds of things. And he's a guy that doesn't exactly make me run, want to run through a wall. But he had that team ready to play. And at the end, I agree with you. I thought that the, you know, the kind of the celebration that the Cardinal players had was really, it was really touching because those are guys that have been, you know, taken a lot of abuse in the media and they on a national stage went out and, you know, punched the bully right in the mouth and, and took it, took their lunch money back. Fred said in the comments, Cowboys with nine penalties, I think in the first half, more performances like that will get someone fired. Man, football's back. I love it. The Cowboys are back. Here we go. Bring it on. And well, you yeah. know, Fred, Fred makes a great point. I think the Cowboys ended up with like 12 penalties. You know, you can't, What's that? What's that a sign of, right? What's that indicative of? It's indicative of a team that's not ready to play, a team that's not focused, a team that's not concentrated. And I'm sure, and this is what happens so many times in a place like Dallas, where you're the center of the media in that w- world, right? Dallas in Texas, and that Texas is a crazy football state, and everybody wants to talk about the Cowboys. Everybody, you get, you win two games, and everybody wants to tell you you're going to the Super Bowl. How do you keep the focus? How do you keep them on task? And that's the toughest thing, especially when you got an owner who is out in the media talking about, you know, how how good you are, and you know, every it's never as good as it as it looks, and it's never as bad as it looks. So I expect the Cowboys to come back, but for Arizona, at least for one week, they they get a little redemption. Questions coming in about fifteen minutes, folks. For those who are watching live, and yeah had this conversation in Monday morning football, Jeff, and I feel like I need to have it to you because you're a guy that's worked in football for so long. When you're the New York Jets and you have such talent on both sides of the ball and you're close, why the hell do you stick with Zach Wilson? Robert Sala, again today, just as the show was starting, says he's their guy. I Do you think it gets to a point, Jeff, and look, the Patriots defense was superb on Sunday. It was fantastic to watch. But do you think it gets to a point where it's inaccuracy? Because, like, Salah should just look at some free agent guys out there, never mind guys they can trade for, that are better, they're more serviceable. Hell, Andy Dalton went to Seattle yesterday and put 20 points up. I like Andy Dalton. Why can't they go after someone and bring them in? Wilson, surely, in my opinion, is not ready. They're wasting their time here. Go get someone. No? Okay. All right. Now you say that, right? And that's, I don't take exception with anything you said. Think about this. When you're the head of the organization, like Robert Sala is, and you stand up in front of the media, you have to understand the weight of everything you say, right? So until they have, and, and if you think, or if anybody thinks that Joe Douglas hasn't been burning the phone lines up and not sleeping at night, trying to find 
you know, a replacement, a, you know, an upgrade, a, you know, first of all, we don't know where they are in the cap. You, you have no idea, you know, who, you know who the free agents are that are out there, but you've got to weigh all of those factors in. And yeah, you can pull out statistics and say, this guy's better than this guy and all that. You, you're going to a, you got to get a guy in, you got to teach him an offense and you got to get him ready to play, especially if he hasn't had any, he hasn't had any training cap reps and that, and had an off season program. Anything. It's not, this is not Madden, right? This is not freaking Madden. This is not collecting football cards. This is pro football, right? It's hard. It ain't, it ain't easy to like go get one. You can't drive down freaking Madison Avenue in New York and pick up quarterbacks on the, on the street corner. It don't work that way. You know, it's just not that way. So, yeah, I understand what do I do I agree with Robert Sala that they have confidence in in Wilson? No. But what is he going to say? Here it is, guys. We don't have any confidence in our quarterback. He sucks. So why should why don't why don't we just take the week off? Right? And you can't play you, you can't live like that when you're coaching. You got to you got to you got to until you have better. He's what you're playing with. And you better find a way for him to play better, right? Is there one guy out there that you would take? Well, I think there's a lot of guys out there that at least kick the tires on, right? Because you mentioned, you know, I don't know what Matt Ryan's situation is if he's free. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I, you know, there's there are guys, there are names, but they're names, and you don't know. You know, you, you have no, no idea if they're in shape. You have no idea if they're contractually bound. You have no idea what it would cost for the, for them to come in. You know, um, so I just think that we're fans and we love the game and we love our teams and we want to see. But I'm just telling you from a guy who sat on the other side of this thing for a lot of years, it ain't that easy. A couple of Super Bowl MVPs are available and Joe Flacco and Nick Foles. So we'll I mean, and there, there's two more names, right? And, you know, but like Joe Flacco is how old? You know, Joe Flacco, <laughs> right? Nick Cole, other than that, that freaky year he had in Philadelphia, how many opportunities has he been handed the keys to the offense and can't get it done? Now, that doesn't mean he's terrible, but it, at least the devil you know is better than the one you don't. But here's what I think, right? If I had a bitch like you got a bitch right now, right? If I had if I had a complaint, it would be you have to find a way for that kid to succeed. Because what you're asking him to do, he can't do. He can't. We've seen it enough now, right? He 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 struggles in the pocket, he struggles to read. You've got to find ways to simplify the game for him. It's just the way it is. And if that means turn around and hand the ball to Brees Hall 45 times a game, right, or whomever, that's what you got to do. But to think that you're going to somehow, he's going to morph into a finished quarterback, it ain't the, that ain't the case. But it's on you as coaches to figure it out. I hit the wrong button there for people on the video. Um I mean, we, we have to say it very quickly, just the inevitable social media discussion point when you've got potentially 
Zach Wilson, two third round picks for Kirk Cousins in his last year in Minnesota, 35 it's... years of age. Go and win a ring, Kirk. Go and do it, my man. Well, it, it, there, there's all that talk out there, right? What about Russell Wilson? What about, you know, what about, what about? Listen, let me explain another thing to everybody that's paying attention to this. There's 32 teams in that league. You're just one of them. And the other 31 teams, they don't want you to get better. They're not going to do you any favors, right? It doesn't, again, same thing. It doesn't work that way. So they know you're crippled. They know you're hurt. They know you need a quarterback. They know all that stuff. And so if who, if we were making a, if we're making a deal, who's in charge now, right? The, the Vikings could sit back and say, well, the yeah, Vikings are in a situation where we can talk about like their, but what about their seasons on like their seasons going downhill, but they could be in a situation where they get a lot of draft capital and they rebuild very quickly. Michael, I don't, you're exactly right. But two people got to, it's not here. One more time. It's not Madden, right? Both parties have to agree, right? So if you're the Vikings, if you're the general manager of the Vikings and the Jets call you and they say, we'd like to inquire about Kirk Cousins. Oh, okay. Uh, that'll be three first rounders, right? Your, your firstborn son and the Brooklyn Bridge. That's what it's going to, they're not going to, oh, here, oh, oh, here you go, Jets. You're the darlings of, you're the darlings of the media and you are on hard knocks. So go ahead. You can have our quarterback. Nuh-uh. Nuh-uh. Oh, Supply man. and demand economics, Michael. Supply and demand economics. There's a very small supply and a very big demand. So the supplier, he makes the money. And questions coming up in a few minutes, in about 10 minutes. Jeff, I have a question for you. Generation-defining usher is the halftime performer at the Super Bowl. You, like me, must be absolutely buzzing right now. You big usher fan? No. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not anti-usher. I'm not, but I'm not. Uh, no, look, look, Jeff, we're 22 minutes into the show, so I think, I think we can say this. I was like, usher? Is this 2009? Well, what's going on, like? Say you're right. He's generation defining, but it isn't this generation. But that's okay. I'm not. But here's my thing, Mike. Like I'm a football guy, right? And so if I have to hear one more thing about Taylor Swift being at the Chiefs game to see Travis Kelsey, I'm gonna puke, Mike, all over the computer. I'll puke all over the computer. I swear. How about Jeff? Are you not Swifty though? How is that relevant in the world? Well, I would argue straight up, it propels the NFL into popular culture to a certain oh, type of person, oh. regardless of gender, who would not watch football. And now he's going, oh, well, I might watch this because Taylor's watching it. And if you're wondering why, Jeff, it's because hotel rooms are 1,200 euro a night in Dublin when she's there. I'm like, Jenny Money, I'm surprised she's not in this role. She's an icon. I get it. But <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. I couldn't care if Travis Kelsey's dating. I don't know who. It doesn't matter to me who, because I don't care. I what I care about is can he play football? Is he a good tight end? Can he score in a red zone? Is he Mahomes' guy? Is his knee healthy? Those things I care about. Who he's dating 
me just like, what? Get a life. I have to thank the social media algorithms last night because that kept us going last night. I'll not lie to that. Thank you, Taylor. Um, we talked about the early window. So I'm going to talk just a couple of topics that we didn't touch on in our previous podcast, Jeff. Steelers beat the Raiders. Kenny Pickett called looking it. better. Called it. Called it. Me or you or both of us? No, I did. You, you, you said no way. You said the Steelers offense wouldn't be able to do it. Uh, no, I picked the Steelers to win the game. I didn't think the offense, I did not think the offense would be as good as that. But they still, like Najee Harris, the running game is still not as effective. But man, to go into to, 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 to go into a game against the Raiders and perform like that is impressive. They've got the Texans next. Then they've got the Ravens, Jimmy Garoppolo on the other side and during the concussion protocol. It was an interesting Sunday night football game for neutral. Yeah, and I'm going to tell you something, Mike. I think the, after the after the show, we ought to call the Nevada State Police, right, and put out a missing persons report on Hunter Renfro because he is nowhere to be seen in that offense. I swear. It's like he went to Vegas and he's out. There's, he's like Jimmy Hoffa underneath the cactus somewhere out in the desert. Where is Hunter Renfro? Like a blank space from somewhere. Three targets in three games for a pro bowler. I mean, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Man, in a good way, you're on one tonight. I'm, I'm loving this. It's good. It's good. And it was mad because it was like, for, I thought the Raiders, and like, Jeff, you're a Raiders fan. You put a, a lovely tweet last night saying you're going to watch your Raiders. I'm not. I'm never doing that impression. But to see the amount of Steelers fans in last game last night in the home opener with the Raiders, what the hell's going on? What? Just like there's not like there's barely any Raiders fans in the stadium. No, 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 no. You have to understand, right? And you should know this because you're a Pittsburgh guy, right? You you work for that team. There are very few teams in football, like very, very few, that travel the way Pittsburgh Steelers fans travel. And when those Steelers, Mike, and I think it's a phenomenon that you have to almost know a little bit about Mid America you know, mid-America history, like Cleveland, the same thing happens. You know, it's really true in Pittsburgh. So many uh, jobs left those, what we call Rust Belt cities, the big industrial cities in the Northeast and went South in the seventies and eighties and nineties, but their fandom went with them. Now, another generation of Steeler fans grew up in Pittsburgh but the Pittsburgh Steelers fans throughout the Southwest, or when you go to, a, I've seen the I've seen the Steelers play in both Houston and and in Dallas, and ha, it looks like half the state half the stadiums waving terrible towels. It's just they have such an incredible fan base, and I think we'll sense that and really see that when the Steelers come over and play a game in Aviva or Croke or wherever they choose to to play because. I'm confident that that's going to be the case and that they will come, even if it's just a preseason game. I think you'll see an incredible, incredible amount of Steelers fans travel. Don't, I, you know, I was getting excited over Taylor. Now, don't be getting me excited over that as well, man. Um, Adam Schefter announcing, not announcing, but he spoke with Peter O'Reilly with NFL International. Um, and he's, they've all but talked about Madrid happening very soon. 
Esta de la Loca. That is going to be... Have you seen the Burner Boys since it was done up? It's incredible look. Have you seen it? No. It's like... Imagine like a fancy toilet bowl, but it's even better than a fancy toilet bowl. It's all metallic and there's, there's not a roof over it, but they've got a... Like the, the field is completely retractable. I have no association with the NFL in this comment. They'll play a game there next year. They'll play a game in between the Germany games again. Madrid is going to be absolutely mental next year. And I am all here for it. Jeff, we we have to talk about the Packers. Wow. What a comeback, man. What a comeback against the Saints. They were down and out. Unbelievable. It, it, you know what? It was 17 nothing down. And you come back, you talk about resilient football team. And really, really, really a breakthrough, I think, for Jordan Love. Because this was a game that he was behind. It wasn't easy for him like it was against Chicago. This, you know, the Saints have a great defense. You're down 17. And you find a way to get your team back in and win a game. That's the stuff that legends are made of. That's the stuff that he was expected to be able to provide as the next in line, you know, uh, in that chain of, you know, great quarterbacks, you know, Favre and, and Rodgers. And now Jordan Love is making the plays that those guys made that cemented their history in Green Bay. It was so impressive to see. Um, yeah, so, so impressive to see. I, I feel like if I say and I'll jinx Green Bay forever. So they're doing good. And the Saints... I felt bad for Derek Carr going down like that. Hopefully he's okay because they've had a really, really good start to the season. Let's see. Finally, because I don't want to get in trouble for not talking about it yet before questions, Colts beating the Ravens on the road. The okay. historic battle. All right. I'm, I'm asterisk. Asterisk on that one, right? Because the Ravens were missing seven starters. That's incredible. And the fact that they were able to play as well as they did, their defense is really, really good. But, you know, that offensive line was a shadow of what it normally is. And um, and I'm not making excuses. And certainly Indianapolis was playing with their backup quarterback. And, and there were a lot of things about this game that evened up the score. But I, I think what I did see out of Indianapolis that I liked is they know how to play complementary football. The offense didn't do too much for for Minshew, they ran the ball, you know, they're back to kind of their roots a little bit and their defense is very, very good. So again, a huge win because, you know, anytime you beat uh, a, a, what I would consider a superior team, that's a huge win for you. And, and so for that coaching staff, which we were just getting their, you know, getting their program going, this is one they can turn to and to the players and say, Hey, listen, you know, now you understand what we're trying to get done when we talk about, complimentary football, protect the ball, you know, run the ball, play good defense, you know, all that stuff. And, and, uh, you know, so again, I think it's a, I think it's a step in the right direction for, for Indianapolis. And when they get their quarterback back, they, they can, you know, I think open the playbook a little more and, and continue to grow. Big thanks to everybody that continues to support Jeff, Jeff Ryan Bull Show, Pro Football Ireland, by listening to different podcast feeds. We, we massively support it. It's time for questions. So this is the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening. Good night.